Hello and welcome to the Business Technology Podcast, where we invite subject matter experts to discuss how technology can improve or evolve an organization. Many of us think technology as a computer-specific topic, or mission is uh, to find topics that relate to business owners and tackle technology solutions as an all-encompassing and practical application of knowledge. Today's topic is on the recommended strategic planning businesses should undertake when choosing between Google Apps for Work and Microsoft's Office 365. And to lead today's topic, we welcome IT strategist and mobile technology specialist, Dave Plock. He brings 30 plus years of enterprise technology management and development to our discussion. Thank you, Dave, for joining us. Well, I appreciate the invite, Jason. Sure thing. And, and before we get started, though, I want to provide a little background. To familiarize you, both Google for Work and Microsoft Office 365 offer a productivity suite to create and share and edit text files, spreadsheets, and presentations. Furthermore, both offer a mail client. For Google, it's Gmail, and for Microsoft, it's Outlook. Both offer calendars that, for the most part, offer sim similar features. What typically becomes a gray area um, is Google's browser-based world versus Microsoft's long-standing commitment to desktop applications. To be fair, as of mid-2014, Microsoft's CEO is pushing very hard for a mobile-first, cloud-first initiative, and they've made significant strides. However, there's, there is still a dependency on current on-premise applications that weigh heavily on this decision. So if you're thinking of replacing your on-premise email or file server with either Google Apps for Work or Microsoft's uh, Office 365, what considerations, strategic planning, and organized processes should be considered? Well, Dave brings us his own experiences when faced with this challenge. And first off, Dave, why don't you talk to us about some of the business challenges you were looking to solve? Well, you know, over a couple of different organizations, really it was looking at workforce mobility, how to, how to make those people be able to work any place, any time, on pretty much any device. How do you spawn and foster collaboration within the organization? And collaboration at, at the lowest levels, how do you get people to work on a common document? How do you get people to work on common code? All those things have happened. At the same time, dealing with all the security aspects, how do you how do you make this happen without uh, having to put any of your own corporate information at risk within the organization, which it's always going to be, but that, how do you minimize that? And then how do you do this with a, a lightweight solution so that we don't have to be putting $1,200, $1,500 systems in, in people's hands in order for them to be able to do things, that they should be able to do it with a lightweight device. and well, I, I, I don't know whether or not this is feasible in many larger organizations, but that whole BYO, the bring your own technology and how that plays into this, this gamut. But if, if, if you can make these things happen, then you've given a platform for the organization to change the way they do work going forward. Very interesting, and in particular, I really like the part about the BYO aspect. I think it's something uh, that plays very well, obviously, with mobility, uh, and it's it's unavoidable, uh, at least with uh, many, many decisions these days when you're looking at uh, software upgrades and things of that nature. That, that's exactly right, and, and it's, it's the fact what, whether you think it's happening or not in your organization, it's happening. <laughs> 
Well, well, to that point, so let's look at the two uh, offerings. Let's talk a little bit about Microsoft first, and then we'll talk about Google Apps. So could you elaborate on some of the main reasons you see organizations adopting to Office 365? Well, obviously, there, there is a gigantic investment that, that organizations have made in a Microsoft infrastructure, whether it's on-prem or it's in their, their Azure infrastructure and now going forward with their Azure services infrastructure. That, that uh, investment is significant, and people don't want to throw that away. So how do you leverage that and take that another step further? That integration that, that many organizations have already done with, with Microsoft Office and, and very specifically, I think, with Excel and Access DB and some of the other tools that they've got out there, that integration becomes very important. And the, that integration, for the most part, is just as good when it gets into the services type uh, situation as it is with an on-prem situation. And then it all comes back down to the, the four things I talked about in the very beginning. It's that mobility, it's the collaboration, it's security, and, and how do you do this lightweight? And the fact that, you know, the, while uh, Microsoft is probably, they're still, I would, I would put them a year behind, maybe, maybe nine months behind Google when it comes to where their product line is right now. It's neck and neck, and it's good. And very soon, it's going to be a leapfrog effect. And 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 for six months, Google's going to have a better product. For six months, it's going to be uh, the Microsoft's going to have a better product, or you're going to see a divergence, and there's going to be some new tool sets that are going to become important. And and I think the, the 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 bottom line is it's that investment that many corporations are not willing to throw away, or at least they. The, the thought is they would end up throwing away a lot of that investment going forward. Mm. Excellent. Uh, and I, I like that you brought back those four points again. And just to remind uh, the audience, the for the four points specifically are workforce mobility, collaboration, security, and lightweight solution. And BYO is all tied into that as well. And so that, that's really excellent. So I guess the next question would be, all right, that's Microsoft. That makes sense. Many organizations have invested heavily, and it's very difficult to say goodbye to something that you've spent a lot of money on. Uh, could you elaborate on some of the main reasons why you see organizations adopting to Google Apps? Well, it's, it's interesting. When I looked at one of the big organizations that I was working in as we were moving forward with, with putting Google Apps in place, we, we looked at about 1,200 people inside the organization that we were trying to convert over there, and it became obvious that there was a, how can I put this nicely, there was a generational thing that was happening here. And many of the people straight out of the university or the newer employees had already been using Google and already been using all the tool sets and, and were not going to abandon them, come whatever they were going to do. So that it, it became, they were more than happy to take this and run with it and, and make things happen. That Those same group of people have uh, somewhat of an 
anti-Microsoft bent to them. That that you know, even even if they came out of another corporate environment, it's that it's that, and I'll, I'll put this negatively, and I don't necessarily mean it negatively. Hmm. That stranglehold that Microsoft has on organizations with the the infrastructure and everything that they have, it's it's they, it's everything. It's it's kind of like where IBM was 20 years ago. It's where Microsoft is today, and and there are people who are trying to release some of that grip that Microsoft has. And those are people, business people and technology people both, even though it's, it's, it's not the tr most trivial thing to do. On the other side, I think the, the, the fact that the Google born in the cloud and born of this whole process makes the, the tool set that they've moved forward with be that much better, at least today, compared to the other tool sets, on what mm. they can do and how quickly things have been moving. And the, the fact that you know we all realize Google is not really a technology company. Sure, they, they have a ton of technology. They are an advertising company. And if it weren't for the advertising funding all this stuff, we wouldn't see all this other stuff happen. And the other piece of that is that all this technology stuff is just another avenue for them to provide some of that advertising media. Now, the, the fact that they are, have moved off into a corporate environment and make these things be much more compartmentalized compared to their consumer offering makes it exciting for businesses to start, start thinking about. And I think that for, for the Google side, you know, the, the organization that I was working with, they were considering how do you make the, the they, they were a consumer-based company, how do you make that, that front desk uh, experience the, the, where the, the front desk person is talking with the consumer on the other side of the, the counter. How do, they, how do you replace the PC and replace all the infrastructure that deal with them and put a lightweight device there that can still deal with everything, which could cut costs very dramatically, could cut support issues very dramatically. And again, it comes back down that that same device could go to Microsoft Office 365, or it could go to Google, or it could even go to things like Zoho or some of the other tool sets that are out there. Excellent. And yeah, it seems that uh, you're really tapping into something that this, this is specifically why this conversation is not really Google is better or Microsoft is better. It really comes down to what works for your organization. And with that becomes, uh, evolves a developing strategic approach, uh, a, des a, a designing of a success criteria. And there's some specific elements within that that you need to keep track of. And that's a big reason why I asked you to be on today is asking you, could you elaborate on how you would develop a plan and design a success criteria for such an upgrade, whether it's Microsoft or Google, what do businesses need to know? Okay, let me, I'll give you an experience. Just recently I worked with a small not-for-profit company that was moving off of an exchange server that they were running themselves for all of their email and all of their processes and we migrated them off to Google Apps and, and a Google Apps for business and it, it was it was painless in, in reality. There were 50 people in this entire organization. That was people in the organization and, and a first tier set of volunteers that also worked with the organization. But we, we went to them and said, okay, how, what is it are you using within these tool sets? How are you using the information that, that you want to make available? And, and it came down to you know, the communication stuff, the collaboration stuff, 
the storage stuff and the ability to do content management because uh, they used a lot of the content that they were creating was used both internally and it was used as a, on a secondary side for publishing off to the web. So they took that same content and, and published it off to their website. So and we, we went through that entire list and we came we basically came back with a, a set of use cases that they needed to have, that they needed to be able to run. And, and even in that smaller organization, it still came down to six or seven significant use cases that, that they overlapped but they didn't overlap a whole lot and and once you got to the far ends there was no overlap between the the use cases and how people used all this stuff was very personal and and they made a, a choice that they were not going to be dictatorial and say this is how you have to use the tool this is how how you're going to use the uh, how you're going to do collaboration and what we found that organization while you laid some some uh, uh, let's put up low fences around that people could jump over. The, those fences were still there, not as barriers, but for people that just realized they were going outside of the realm of, of looking at things. But I think it's looking at those those use cases and looking how, how everybody was going to, in the organization was going to be involved in the processes and involved in the information that was out there. And then, you know, that it, it came down to looking at the, the types of, for, for that organization, what are the types of documents that they were using? What were the processes that they were using those documents in? And how much of this stuff was, was purely internally focused? And how much of this stuff was, was between both internal and external? And they shared documents because this was an organization that had relationships with about seven other uh, uh, not-for-profits that they, they did a lot of collaborative work with. They, this organization really was uh, a, an organization that helped put together advocacy around new laws and, and policies and the other organizations were the ones who actually quote unquote did the, the work for doing things. But it, it worked out well and what we came down to in that is that it's not a one-size-fits-all and that, that, that we understood that they still needed other tools other than this. This was not going to fit all their needs. They needed to have membership management. They needed. They truly needed a CRM package. Now, maybe we will end up going with a CRM package that is part of a Google Apps. It's one of the bolt-ons for Google Apps. Maybe not. Maybe maybe we'll still go with Salesforce and and deal with things that way. It depends on how the organization. But but I think it's. It's knowing how the organization is going to use the information, how willing they are to change in that in the way they do things, and how willing they are to be creative in in how they move the, the technology forward. And and divorce the word technology from the whole thing. How do they get their work done? And how are they getting their work done today? And that, it, for for that organization, it was like I said, it it was fairly painless. Other larger organizations, uh, we, we ran against those uh, chronological uh, uh, problems. And, and for them, you know, they're part of the organization was, was more than happy to take this and run with it. Part of the organization came up with 37 reasons why they couldn't possibly use this particular tool. And again, as you're looking at the, the documents you're using, you're looking at the process you have, what what are the issues you're going to have with any conversion between going from where you are today to where you want to be tomorrow? Because as we all know, the, those conversion processes are not perfect. They're far from perfect. But as long as you know that, 
you can you can work usually work around and be willing to give up some of the quote unquote fancy stuff with and still get your work done. Yeah, I think you really nailed on something. Uh, the, this this decision, this business decision, is a lot greater than a lot of. Uh, and I know you mentioned separating the technology uh, th thought of it, but with a lot of technology decisions, it can happen on the back end. It can happen, things can move, infrastructure can change, and the organization as a whole may not even notice. But with a decision like this, it impacts everyone, and that's what makes it very challenging, at least from a team that might not typically be dealing with the entire organization as a whole in terms of the actual personalities. You mentioned this is a personal uh, decision, and it, it, it does impact the organization on a different scale than uh, a lot of decisions are accustomed to be making. Yeah, because when you make these kinds of changes, basically you're going to disrupt the organization for some period of time because people are going to realize that they don't know as much as they used to know in the, in the new tool, and they don't know how to do some of those easy things any longer, and it's going to take them a, a learning curve to come up, which which you know goes on to how you how you have to make this kind of transition happen and the things you have to do. Yeah. So talk to me about uh, the key business impacts you've experienced from evaluating a cloud-based messaging or file sharing system. Well, you know the 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 fact that if if you give an organization a set of tools. And, and you market them in a particular way. You don't market them, this is not your text editor, this is not just email, this is your communications platform, and, and explain to them why you want to do things the way you want to do things. I mean, it's the fact that having the file share mechanism along with an email mechanism, is, as we all know, corporations use email as their their primary file storage system. It's, it's how everybody does it, and that's how things have gotten so out of control when it comes to uh, finding information. If you can get an organization to deal with, gee, let's put the, the files where they belong, so we've got corporate knowledge sitting someplace, and just pass around the links to those things, it changes the, the way people work within things, and it opens up that ability for more, well, at, at particular times, for more people to see the information than would have ever seen it before. And that serendipitous uh, action of someone who sees it and says, wait a minute, you didn't think about this, and let me put my comments into the document and let people think about these things so that I might be involved, even though I'm not really involved in this particular project. That, that, that was a, an interesting aside in this not-for-profit, that's exactly what ha happened there. There was, there was a, a, a legal process that was going on, and it was a small team of people dealing with it, but it was all being done on, on Google Drive, and they opened the, the, this particular drive to everybody in the organization. And, and people had a tendency of going out just every once in a while, reading through, seeing what was out there as important doc. Somebody saw it, and they had a piece of information that nobody else knew about, and they, they dropped a comment into that, and it changed. It, it basically changed the process by about 45 degrees on where they were going, <laughs> and, and made things happen a whole lot faster and a whole lot easier, only because this serendipitous uh, uh, connection happened and the collaboration happened that way. I'm not saying that that's going to happen a lot in organizations, but it doesn't have to, have to happen very often before you get some real benefit. 
Excellent. And, and that, that really, what you're talking about to me, it sounds like you're, you're enabling a new form of accessibility to information. And that plays in with what you said earlier about uh, BYO. It's happening whether you want to accept it or not. And uh, talk to me about, with that, with mobility. What is the business impact of enabling mobility for an organization? And let's talk about the good and let's talk about the bad. Yeah, well, in a, as I said in the very beginning, security and, and add to that privacy become very interesting issues uh, when it comes to these things. So and our, let's, let's, let's talk about a large organization. I was, I was in an organization that had 80,000 employees. And, and that makes things very interesting. If you start talking about especially BYO, and now all of a sudden you, you need, know you need to put some sort of security mechanisms on the information that you're putting out there, but now you're going to put that on somebody's personal device, which means now you have to have a policy in place that says, okay, employee, you know, if, if something happens, I, am, I have the ability to erase your device 100%. You need to say, yes, that's okay. You also need to tell me, if you lose that device, you need to let me know because my information, my corporate information is now outside in the open air that someone else could pick up your device and start seeing it. Maybe I want, I, I don't care, but maybe I really do care about what they see. So that, that nature of things becomes very interesting. The other side of that, that's the security side, the privacy side gets really interesting because as we all know, people use their corporate stores for, for saving a lot of their own stuff because, because they, they haven't gone around to set up their own, their own uh, file storage mechanism in a Dropbox or a Box or a, or a Google Apps. So they, they start putting some of their own information out there. In, in one organization I was in, you know, as we were cleaning up some of the file store because we were running out of file storage, and this was on a file store on a, on a Microsoft environment, we found somebody's all their their tax returns for the last ten years. <laughs> and you know that, that, that's and, and it was wide open. Anybody could have could have latched onto that and seen that kind of information. And and people don't think about the fact that they put it out there and it's not secure. But that that mobility, you you need to think about those things. So and you need to be you need to make sure that your employees are thinking about those things going forward. Otherwise, you're going to put yourself in major jeopardy. And yet, I think you need to approach this with a very light touch. Uh, the more, the more uh, controls you put around this whole thing, the less people are going to use it. You're going to get right back to where you were. And instead of them using your Google Apps, they're going to go start open up their own Dropbox. And that's how they're going to start doing everything, sharing everything within Dropbox underneath the covers, and nobody's going to deal with it. Because they are going to use their own laptops, they are going to use their own tablets, they are going to use their own phones all the time. Because most organizations have stopped buying phones for, for, for their employees, so people go to exploit that as much as possible. And they don't want to have, they don't want to have two environments on their phone. They don't want to have a business environment and their personal environment. That, that, that becomes a, a hassle for them to deal with things, so they, they, they try to get around that. And that mobility, though, it, it happens no matter what the corporation thinks they, they are doing to control it because for every control that, that the infrastructure folks are putting in place, some smart kid is coming out of university has found a way around that to, to make it so that they, they do auto, they, they basically they have a, a process. They, have, they, they put together a Google app script 
that, that copies all their files over to a Dropbox every night when they do it, and that's how they do their syncing, and they don't have to worry about ever getting into the corporate stuff. And, and you know, the, the corporation never really even knows about that, that it's happening. So it's, the, I think the, the, the idea of training people, making people aware of the security and privacy issues, making sure that you really know what has to be secured, because everything doesn't have the same level of security, and that's, I won't say that's an easy process. That is a damn difficult process because it's it's it. I think a lot of the security people look at things in a black and white model, and there are a ton of shades of gray out there when it comes to what really needs to be secure and who needs to be able to get to it. Absolutely. <laughs> One of the other factors too that you mentioned that was um, particularly interesting is you know you're talking about the. Uh, People are bringing in devices. People are accessing things on uh, their own technologies. I think that's something that's different than how it used to be. Primarily because, I, and I, you know, I, I, maybe Steve Jobs deserves credit. He he made technology, at least in the past ten years, a very very cool thing to have and people to want. And you know, consumerization of this technology, you know. 12 years ago, 15 years ago, no one wanted a tablet. That was ridiculous. But yeah. everybody wants one. Everyone wants a big phone. Everyone wants their own, you know, laptop because it's fun. It's different now, and that has a huge impact on businesses. The cool factor has is this big distraction. Hey, well, you know, and and I, I look at that. There's there's two sides of that coin, and and one, yes, it can be a distraction. But the other side of it is if it's a cool factor and the employees are ready to embrace something because it is cool, yeah, that yeah. means you can make things happen a whole lot faster than we could in the past. And, and, and it's certainly not going to be uh, the entire organization that's going to embrace it, but if you can get a significant number of people to really embrace this technology or whatever technology you're moving forward on, that, that will make the, the energy of activation much lower for the rest of the organization. I mean, it, if you think about it, so the, you talk about BYO and, and the fact of all these mobile people out there. In this large organization that I was working in, they had a ton of mobile people. and They were working from home, they were working, and, and again, these were mostly technologists, but they weren't all, a lot of business people in, the, in this model also. And what they were doing is they were changing the model of the corporate workplace. And that corporate workplace was going from offices and moving towards hoteling spaces so that you could go and get a cubicle for a day or two or whatever if you happen to be in town. But now they were even making a transition away from that hoteling space or, or a lot less hoteling space and getting more to the coffee shop space so that you could go down to your local Panera or your local coffee shop, grab a table, Two, you and two or three or four other people could get there. Well, in this corporate environment, they were they were taking their cafeteria, they were putting outlets everywhere in the cafeteria, so you always had power. That the, they were extending the Wi-Fi, so it was very good Wi-Fi connections inside that environment, and they they cordoned it off. So when it wasn't during lunch hours, there were quiet sections of the area, and there were not so quiet sections of the area. <laughs> and, and those people who were embracing this mobility, whether they were coming in with a, a, a six-pound laptop, or they were coming in with just their phone, or they were coming in with some other device, found this a very reasonable place to work. Now, 
I have to admit, in that environment, it was probably 80% technology people and 20% business people. And mm. we know the geeks are all ready to, to jump <laughs> on the bandwagon and make things happen. But but it's got to start someplace. And and that I think the nature of that piece is also changing because if we look at the millennials coming into the workplace, they have a high expectation. This is how you're going to work in the future. And no, I'm not necessarily going to be tied to a desk. I'm not going to be tied to this quote unquote particular environment. I need to be creative in the way I work. And yes, I got to get my work done, but let me work the way I want to work, not necessarily the work the way you're telling me I have to work. And yet, work with within the parameters around that, and that 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 cool factor they have brought that with them, and and they are so more than willing to jump from solution to solution to solution that it makes those things a little bit easier. And I I, I dread what happens, you know, five years from now when when they're coming in and go, oh that old Google stuff, gee that <laughs> oh, old I don't want to deal with that, so I want to deal with this new tool. I mean, just gonna do it all over again. That's true, and, and you know, and to that point, um, there's a, I definitely want to talk about some of your thoughts on what's coming next. But the, you did touch on one thing that I wanted to uh, have you expand on a little bit was you have these people, these new the the new staff of of today and tomorrow. Um, they're coming in with this expectation to be able to just they want the best technology, they want the fastest technology, they want the newest technology, and with that is. That's like to your point. That's excellent because it makes it allows you to be more agile, more flexible, and you know, look at new implementations in a different light than maybe you would have, where it could have taken years to do that. But from your experience, how do you harness that excitement, but also make sure that people don't get off track and keep them on under at least some type of secure roof? <laughs> In any organization, whether it's large or medium-sized organization, there are people in the in that organization who are ready to jump ahead of the crowd. They they you know the difference between pioneers and settlers is the side the arrows are stuck in. So the the, the pioneers you you want to you want those people to be not completely on your side, but you want them to under when I say your side, IT and business side, you want them to understand what it is you're trying to accomplish and why you're doing these things and you want to take their input and make sure that that you're using them as the, the pioneers out there and, and getting them to be the ones who are the first adopters because people in any organization the, their neighbors are all coming to them for answers on how to get things done. They become the adjunct IT staff in, in any organization. So if you can make them at least have an inkling of what it is you're really trying to accomplish and the, the pitfalls that can happen to people, then you have at least a better chance of making those things happen faster in an organization and happen so it's not totally out of control. And I'm not so sure out of control is a bad thing in many cases. It, I mean, being out of control means that you've got creativity going on, and 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 a lot of times that creativity is going to be good. A lot of times, and you've said it multiple times, a lot of times that creativity is nothing but a distraction. I know re recently, I, I I'm I've, I've in my in this part of my career, I'm going back and touching some technologies that I I've always wanted to play with, and I find myself going down rat holes every once in a while and I'll spend three days working on an issue that it was it was useless it was stupid to do those things 
because it didn't really add any value except for the fact that I learned something out of the whole thing. That's got value, and it, I think that is exactly the same thing that's happening out there. You just have to make sure people aren't going too far down those rat holes before they realize that they're wasting time. Absolutely. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And thank you for, for allowing me to elaborate on that part, or uh, thank you for allowing me to ask you to, the question to elaborate. Um, <laughs> um, so let's talk about that one little piece you said in our the previous question. As you said, you dread the day when the next thing is there. Uh, I know you don't really dread it, but you know, what do you see coming next, or what are you what are you looking for for the next big improvement in business uh, with with tomorrow in mind? I just got done uh, with a gig with a, a large manufacturing company who was a very stodgy command and control type organization who they their business was bending metal and, and making some devices that they put out in into uh, consumer America. But basically, they, they, they dealt in the retail side of things. They were looking at a new product that had an information component associated with it, had a social component associated with it, and had uh, a, a intelligence associated with these devices. And these are devices that no one would ever consider to be intelligent devices. These these were you know devices that are made the same today as they were 40 years ago. So now that organization realized that they needed to do that. Well, that, that brought in a, a bunch of new things that they had never touched ever before. It was the Internet of Things. How do you start making one of these devices be an intelligent device? How do you make it be a connected device? And Why do you want to make a connected device? What are you going to deliver to that? So they were taking a device and, and think of it as in, in, a, in a retail environment. Uh, think, think about how, how those people market to the consumer who's walking down the aisle. Well, now you go to some of these retail stores, go, go to a grocery store, and you're, you're walking down the produce aisle, and all of a sudden, in, in one of the stores I go to, all of a sudden they'll start saying, you'll hear in the background, singing in the rain, and it's when they put the, the hoses on to, to water all their vegetables. <laughs> Well, it gets your attention. You start thinking. It makes you go look at those things. It makes you do that. The same thing, lighting effects when it comes to uh, products out there or, or aural effects. So now you start playing other kinds of music or, or for that matter, uh, think, think of a, a, a refrigerator with a, a glass door. Well, you could turn that glass door to have a display built into it. So now you start delivering things. And, you know, even to the point where very possibly NFC or things like that <coughs> become important and you start understanding who your customers are and where your customers are and how you can deal with, with those things. Mm. And now if these devices these these devices out in the field are all connected, well now now you can from a central location you can start delivering content and things to that in a very general way. So you may have you may be a a consumer products company that has uh, products in a hundred stores in, in a metropolitan area and now you want to have a common sale across all those hundred stores. Well if those are all connected devices you push a button, boom, that advertising media shows up every place at the same time hmm. but, but in order to pull that off you have to have the Internet of Things. Uh, you, you need to have machine to machine has to start being uh, available. You need to start thinking about 
How do you network those things together inside of a store? So you may have 20 devices inside that store where you can't use the store's corporate network. You can't use the store's Wi-Fi. So you start thinking about building your own mesh network within those things. And there's technologies out there that are very appropriate for doing those things. So that and and now once you have that mesh that that self-configuring and self repairing mesh network, now you can start delivering things to that in a very different way across the organization. I think that you take that model and expand that to the, the corporate desktop, to the corporate device. You, uh, so now you start thinking about pushing things very easily back out to an organization or you think about uh, smart badges. So when, when somebody's coming in and you're, you, you, you basically you don't give them a smart badge anymore, it's going to be the NFC that's going to be on their, on their phone, that that's what they're using to check in when they walk into a building, how, what they use for security, the, the what you have and what you know type of situation. But I think those those pieces of technology are become going to become prevalent. I mean, you can't help but read about the Internet of Things and how it's going. And it's that Internet of Things. We we see things happen in the consumer world first because uh, consumers are crazy. They're 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 more than willing to do some of these things and and do them very early, even because they're, they, they look at it and don't think about risk being associated with it. But once, once they, they help those vendors work out some of the, the real issues within there, now those start becoming corporate type tools that can be used for doing other things inside an organization. And you, you think about one of the companies, you know, you, the, what Google has done with driverless cars. Well, driverless cars, we, we've already seen cars that can park themselves. Well, that's that's the first step, and this whole idea of of the the driverless car on the road, be, and and the caravans and how they tie to each other and start making things so that you've got one controller car and everybody can latch into that. Well, that that's that's really exciting stuff, and people think of that as you know this is this is way in the future, but darn, it's not way in the future. It's and it's all these technologies are what's making that be available and. You know, I, my, my wife and I were just talking last night, and you think about the fact that, you know, some people can't make their phone work. They're, they're, I won't say that they're stupid. They just don't, they don't have the time or uh, effort that they put in to make how one of these things work. At the same time, we have people that just landed a device on a comet 100 million miles away and, and with a project that started 10 damn years ago. I mean, think about it. <laughs> What what we can pull off with this technology is going to be truly amazing. Mm, absolutely, and and you know really, it's uh, thank you for elaborating on that because I know with your experience and and just what you do, it it you have a, a you have a different insight because you've you as much as you love to geek out, as <laughs> much as you love the technology, you also get to experience. The business you work a lot of times with businesses that are really trying to take that technology to the next level, to to apply those to the organizations that are. Whereas you know you read in some headlines about how Google Glass just really isn't panning out to what it, what it was expected to be. But meanwhile, you find out that there are uh, police departments that are using it for speed uh, traps and for recording uh, incidents. And hands-free, and uh, or hospitals that are using it to get medical information about uh, patients while they're talking, instead of looking down and you know being um, unavailable to the patient, 
they can have the information that they're trying to reference sent to them, and they can look and have a human reaction and interaction with uh, their patients. And uh, thank you for touching on that. It's that's the yeah. stuff that really gets me excited. <laughs> and, I, and I think it's it's because there there are enough organizations that have now gotten to the point where they know there's a risk associated with some of these things sure. and that they're not afraid to fail. They, they may make an investment and do something and six months from now realize, you know, this, this just wasn't the right thing to do, but we now know the right thing, that the things that we did wrong and what was wrong with this, let's find the tool that really can do what we want to do. And I think more organizations are starting to, to think that way and, and it's, it's once you find the, the, the right one, now you've got a real winner, and now you've got some real benefit. And that, and 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 in all of these things, it comes back to our early part of our conversation. You've got to put some measures in place from the very beginning to measure what what does success look like, what does failure look like, and and how do you take advantage of either one of those things, and how do you show that you've taken advantage of either one of those things? Absolutely, and that's you know that's precisely the conversation that the point of today's conversation was not to say which app, which, you know, we, we talked about Google, we talked about Microsoft, and I don't think ever the answer is going to be one or the other. And you can also add, like you mentioned, you can add Zoho, you can add other platforms. It's, it doesn't necessarily even have, to, the, the rest of your organization doesn't have to integrate either. You may need a project management solution or a, uh, a marketing tool that, that is completely separated from that as long as it's the tool that makes sense for your organization. And that's why, to your point, Dave, is just that structured development of a success criteria, what do I really need to make my business work, is why I value everything that you just said so much. You know, and, and all those new tools, I think when, when companies look at those new tools, it's the fact that most of the new tools have APIs associated with them, that now you can start doing mashups to make to use information in very different ways than you ever could before, and I think that's that's going to make us all very successful. Absolutely, and, and you know, it's to, to that point. You know, people are getting a lot of things done with these guys right here. <laughs> you know, they certainly are more so than ever before. Uh, the the fact that I can be on my bus commuting home and working on a document at the same time as several other people and actually seeing the cursor and them working on it and comment that I can't I can't even for well now I depend on it but I still it still blows my mind sometimes when I'm sitting there going this is incredible you know <laughs> and it's it's not just that too we have Forrester right they they just characterized that 29 percent of the global workforce uh, is an anytime, anywhere information worker, right? So 29% of the people out there, they do that. They need access to everything, everywhere, on any device. Whether the business provides them device or not, they're accessing it, and they need it. Um, and to, to the other point, too, for the first time in history, Comscore has recorded, right, that... Um, mobile uh, application use and not just using the internet mobile application use has actually exceeded desktop ap application use which is which is crazy that's something that they predicted back in 2010 and it's happening today 
Um, the wave of computing is, uh, pre is precious, and it's really, it's really amazing. Um, and, and it's why we've invited you, Dave, to join us and discuss the strategy required uh, as workforces demand a mobile environment uh, to access, to create, to collaborate uh, corporate data and messaging securely, but from any device. And so, Dave, thank you so much for joining us. Um, and before we, we conclude, why don't you tell us a little bit more about what you're working on today? So right now I'm, I'm working, again, I'm, I'm doing a, a gig with a not-for-profit organization who deals with uh, set, set, setting up trails and, and bicycling uh, transportation in, in our metropolitan area, which happens to be just another one of my passions when it comes to <laughs> Stuff, but they're they're looking at how how do they fund what they're doing because they're a organization that has membership. So we're we're looking at them. They we, we did an initial study that, that did the Google App stuff. Now the next stage is the, we defined a bunch of gaps and it's membership management, it's it's collection management. How do they how do they collect funds? How do they know that what funds that they've got? How do they how do they put projects together? So we're we're starting to define some of those things in dealing with that. I'm also, and this this is the fun part of my life, is I, I, I'm starting to do some actual development again. I, but my, back in my youth, a long time ago, I was, I was a software developer. Well, now I'm getting back and I'm, I'm, I'm writing uh, four different mobile apps for my church, and I'm learning uh, Angular, which is a framework that Google has brought out, and I'm using all the tools around Angular and, and web, uh, web development, such as uh, Grunt and Bower and, and all these other tools that help you uh, work in that environment. But I'm, I'm learning it more so that, one, one I can do these things. Two, <laughs> I, I, I'm looking to build a, a device-independent set of applications so that they look like an application, but it's actually a website that, that people go to. But at the same time, I'm learning to use Cordova and how do you turn this into a real application so that you can put it on a, on multiple devices, put it in the Play Store, put it in the App Store, uh, uh, Apple's uh, iStore. All these things because the next gig that I work with is with an organization that I, I've been trying to help people define do you need a, a mobile application environment? That is to say, your own applications. And if you do, what do you really need? Do you need to have a web environment and web app environment and be device independent? Or do you really need to have apps out on, uh, on any of these stores and start making them happen? Or do you need it in a private app environment that you can start dealing with things? And, and it's, it's, so I, the more I know about that, the more it makes it easier for me to work with these companies and not like a, look like a fool in front of their app dev people who are trying to tell me what a crazy person I am for wanting to do what we do. So it's helping organizations do that that kind of uh, step into the into the I'll, I'll call it the next world, but it's really it, it's into the current world because many companies have never made this uh, this step, and that's trying to make them to to work with that. And I right now it's, I've got like I said I've got just a couple gigs and and a couple things in the end iron. I'm I'm working with a, another company. We're doing some business process redesign. We just finished working here in in the in the metropolitan area where I am, but they're they're looking to do the same process in some of their other manufacturing sites. So we may we may well be going to Shanghai and working with them to do the same kind of thing. And it's it's doing the business process design 
Oh, tying it into a mobility strategy and how do you make these things all play together. So it's it's, it's working with companies who are, are they, they know they have to change, they, they know what it is they have to do, they're just not sure the right steps to go about doing it and, mm -hmm. and the risk associated with making it happen. Excellent. And so just my last question is, you know, if an organization would want to be engaged with you or want to connect with you, do you have a specific way that you'd like to be communicated with? Yeah, the, the, the best bet is I am always online. You can find me on Google+. It's dave.ploch, that's P-L-O-C-H, at twowheeltech.com. That's a digit two, W-H-E-E-L-T-E-C-H.com. Or you can send me an email at that, that address. I'll put that in the show notes so people can uh, see that. That's Thank great. Uh, well, well, that concludes this this episode of Business Technology Podcast. Dave, it was an absolute pleasure uh, on a personal level. It's it's always a pleasure. I really love talking with you. I could go on for another three hours, but for for the for the sanity of everyone listening uh, or that's going to be listening, um, I'll make sure that we conclude now. <laughs> and, uh, I have to admit, I, I'm really surprised. It's only been an hour. I thought for sure I'd be babbling for another at least half hour. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but, well, if you want us to talk about something specific, if you if you enjoy the Business Technology Podcast and you like us to talk about anything else specifically uh, or if you have a question a business uh, issue that just needs some type of more elaboration or solution please feel free to contact us directly uh, with your topics and thoughts uh, you can send an email to podcast at profoundcloud.com that'll be available in the show notes as well and again thank you a very special thanks to Dave Plock I really appreciate your time today and I hope everybody has a wonderful day thanks Jason thank you mm -hmm.